Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Earthling Entertainment with Joe and Ryan. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. And together, we are Joe and Ryan. We are. Excellent. So, hey guys, uh, today's show is going to be slightly different. So, what we're doing is we're going to start with what I like to call the sequel game, which ooh. Ryan, yeah, ooh, Ryan knows nothing about the sequel game. We're putting him on the spot. After Let's see how I do. I know, right? <laughs> I'm after, ready. After the sequel game, we're doing uh, the spooky stuff, and then our headlines, and then a Ahsoka review for episode four and five. <sighs> Excellent. So, hey, Earthling Entertainment. Just so you know, what we do here, guys, is we talk about entertainment stuff, entertainment industry, anything that we find fun in pop culture, and spooky stuff, aliens, hauntings, ghosts. That's kind of our whole bag. The macabre. So, the macabre. So, in spirit of the entertainment aspect of Earthling Entertainment, we have a segment I like to call The Sequel Game, which we will be doing right now. The Sequel Game. I am going to ask Ryan eight questions. Each question is the same. How many, including the first one, uh, films are in a given franchise, whether it be Spy Kids or Friday the 13th, what have you. After that, we're going to ask Ryan to name the films in said franchise. For getting the question correct, he gets five points. He gets one point for naming each sequel. Depending on whether he gets everything right or nothing right, he can get up to 107 points in total. 40 points just for naming the correct amount of films in a franchise. So, is everyone with me? Ryan, are you with me? I'm ready. Let's let's do this. Excellent. So, long story short, Ryan, how many films are in the Die Hard franchise? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> seven. Wow. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> there is five films in the Die Hard franchise. Would you care to name them? Yes. Uh, oh. Die Hard 1. Which, obviously just Die Hard. Which you obviously get no points for because that's an obvious one. <laughs> yeah. This is about the sequels. Die Hard 2, Live Soft. Oh, ooh, I like it. That is incorrect. Uh, Die Hard 3 is probably like an 80s movie. So, uh, 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 Turbo Explosion. Die Hard 3, colon, Turbo Explosion. <laughs> incorrect. Uh, <laughs> uh, Die Hard 4, uh, the terrorists are back. It's nice to know Ryan has clearly never seen any of these films. <laughs> All right, and finally, uh, what is Die Hard 5? Oh, the, the classic, you mean, Die Hard 5. Yes. Uh, yeah. oh, you know, I've seen it a million times. Co-star uh, Jai Courtney. Bruce Killis. <laughs> As the actor, or is that That the was the name of the movie. Die Hard 5, Bruce, Bruce Killis. Killis. It was so good. And All right, so... <laughs> Ryan got the question wrong, so no points there, and he got no sequels. So, <laughs> right now, you've got a big zero. Now, keep in mind, Ryan, in order to win this game, you need 40 points by the end of this. 40 points out of a possible 107. So, all I right, believe you right. can do this. All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's all right, it. all right. So, the next one, oh, excuse me. It is Die Hard, 1988. Die Hard 2, Die Harder, 1990. Oh, my God. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Die Hard 2, Die Harder, 1990. All right. 
Die Hard with a Vengeance, 1995, Live Free or Die Hard, 2007, or, a, well, not or, and A Good Day to Die Hard, 2013. <laughs> All right, so. Excellent titles. Uh, how did so, I not? How did I not think of that? Right? Die Harder you should have got just I by really guessing. I really should have. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Question number two. Ryan, how many Fast and the Furious movies are there? Not counting their spinoff film. Oh, my God. I'm going to say. Hold I'm, on, hold on. Before you answer, what was the name of the last one? Come on, Ryan. Oh my, it was, it wasn't it eight? <laughs> All right. The answer is 10. <laughs> I was close. I was closest without going over. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> would you care to name the films? Of course I would. Excellent. Number right. one. Fast and the Furious. Excellent. No points there. Uh, the second one. You Faster and more furious. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the third one? Tokyo Drift. Yes, but you need to save the whole title. Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift. We're going to give it to you. All right, so it's one point there. Uh, Four has to be uh, Fast and More Furious. <laughs> no, it is not. Damn. Uh, five is... Uh, oh, my God, there's ten of them. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's ten of them. Uh, family. Family. All right, all right. So it is the Fast and the Family. All right. What is number six? Six has to be. Uh, I feel like if you actually tried on some of these, you might get them. Uh, <laughs> Come on. The man. fast and the, the the fastest and the most furiousnesses. Excellent. Number seven. Seven is. Give me uh, a hint. This is the one Paul Walker died in. It was a big deal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna go ahead and go with uh all right all right you know what we're gonna take it gone too soon gone too soon excellent we're gonna take a different tactic can you name any of these sequels no none of them no, i did <laughs> another franchise that i i don't think i've seen a single movie maybe the first one all right so there are 10 films and it is the last one looked <laughs> awful and you don't even remember the name, which would have told you how many films they are because the last one is called Fast X or a Roman numeral for 10. ten. No, right. I remember we, we, we sat in the theater and by the end <laughs> of that preview uh, of that trailer, I was dying laughing. It was the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen. I can't. I, I just I'm not talking crap on people <laughs> who like those films, but man, they just they're not for me. All right, so it is The Fast and the Furious 2001, Too Fast, Too Furious 2003, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift 2006, ah, got it. Fast and Furious 2009, <laughs> Fast Five 2011, Fast and Furious 6 2013. This is when I said if you try, you might get it. Right. Furious 7. 2015 <laughs> The Fate of the Furious 2017 F9 The Fast Saga 2021 Oh man And finally Fast X 2023 My god As a bonus question can you name the spin-off 
No. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> it is Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. All right. Yeah, never would have guessed that. After two questions, Ryan has one point. Ryan needs 40 <laughs> points to win out of a possible 107. Let's go again. Joe's trying to stump me, and he's and it's working. <laughs> he picked things he knew. I knew, really, like I don't geek about, but this is fun. This is fun. All right, number, I got this. Number three. How many films are in the American Pie franchise? Oh, five. The answer is nine. Oh my god. <laughs> See, this is ridiculous. So, Ryan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how, how many of these sequels can you name? <sighs> now, keep in mind. These, I remember, like, the reunion. These are pretty easy, so you really just need to give All a little right, so, bit of effort here. Yeah, uh, so, so. The second film. American Pie 2. All right, perfect. That is correct. I was going to say that's, yeah. The I, third film. I believe it was American Pie 3. No. Darn. All right, the fourth film. Uh, was this one the, it was like the reunion? There is, uh, what is that title of that film you're trying to say? Class Reunion? Ugh. Oh. I, can't, I can't give it to you. No, <laughs> we don't even have to go in order. Can you name any of these sequels? I guess not. Like, cause I, I don't even remember, like The Wedding? Okay, you can't say The Wedding. What is the name of the film? Amer An American Pie Wedding? Uh, you know what? We'll give it to you. It's American Wedding. Ah, oh, it's close. Okay, following the trend of American Wedding, what do you think the reunion movie is called? An American Reunion. All right, there you go. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Yes. Can you name any of the other films in this franchise? Gosh, that's so crazy. I guess I can't. All right. So, Ryan... Man, had... you, I, I just didn't realize how much of American culture I do not know much about. <laughs> wow, I feel, I feel uh, uninformed. Let's go. Keep going. All right, all right. So... So far, Ryan has four points altogether. That's right. And All right. <laughs> we'll get him, in the, get him in the second round. We're going to get him. We're going to get, get him, him in the next right. round. Yeah. By the way, the films are American Pie 1999, American Pie 2 2001, American Wedding 2003, American Pie Presents Bandcamp 2005. Oh, I forgot all about that American Pie Presents The Naked Mile 2006. Would have never guessed that one. American Pie Presents... Beta House, 2007. See, do these count? Hold on. They, they totally count. <laughs> Hold on. Jim's dad was in every sequel as Jim's dad. They are chronologically in the universe. They count. I call it a slight shenanigan, but I get it. No, you're right. No, no, you're right, but it, it's like a It's not just Jim's dad. It is Eugene Levy. It is the actual actor. So it they are in canon sequels. All right, keep going, keep going. All right. So uh, American Pie presents... The Book of Love, 2009. Would it never, yeah. American Reunion, 2012, that which was knew, yeah. what people would consider the proper sequel to the See, that's series. what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. And then finally, American Pie Presents Girls Rules, 2020. Once again, Joe just, Joe did this on purpose. He's like, ha ha, Ryan knows nothing of these. <laughs> Excellent. That was my best Joe. All right, well, you know what? The, here is their next question, which is, how many films are in the Crow franchise? This is another... You, Joe. Come on. Joe. How many films? Six. All right, that is wrong. Damn. There are four. Okay. Would you care to name any of the sequels? 
there are three sequels beyond the first one that came out in 1994. I want to say one of them was Bad Blood. No. Damn. I guess I don't know any of those either. <laughs> All right. So, would you care to guess? Yes. All right. Uh, the Crow. Yes. First one. Then it's uh, The Crow, The Revenge. Okay. Then uh, Crow, uh, Vengeance. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Then uh, Crow, uh, uh, After Death. Oh, shit. You got none of those right. Damn. So it is The Crow, 1994. The Crow, City of Angels, 1996. That's right. The Crow, Salvation, 2000. Which, by the way, Kirsten Dunst was in that one. So, you know. You're don't... kidding me. No, no. It's, it's a pretty good one. All right. And then finally, The Crow, Wicked Prayer, 2005. Now, let me tell you about the Crow Wicked Wicked Prayer real quick. Edward Furlong plays the Crow. That's right. David Boreanaz and Tara Reid play two devil-worshipping couples. And the leader of the cult, I believe, is Dennis <laughs> Hopper. This film is fucking amazing. Now, no, don't get me wrong, it's horrible. But it's so good. <laughs> Sounds like you can't imagine why I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're you're halfway through our game. And so far, Ryan has... Four points. Yeah. He needs 40 to win. All right. So our next film franchise. Ryan, how many films are in the Tremors franchise? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's so so many Tremors movies. (laughs) Like, like what? Let me, uh, 10. How many? Is that your guess? Is 10 your guess? I'm going to say nine. That is incorrect. Damn. And we are going to reevaluate this game for next time we play and try to make it a little easier. All yeah, right. Dude, I, I, <laughs> sh- so there are seven Tremors movies. Would you care to name any of the sequels or guess on any of the sequels? Yes, I would. All I right. would like to guess. <laughs> then you're going to guess. All right. So obviously Tremors. Yep. Then I'm going to say just Tremors 2. All right. There is a subtitle after that. All right, then it's going to be Tremors to The Revenge. All right, not everything is going to be The Revenge, but continue. Tremors 3. (laughs) Come on. Oh, my God. Dude, I don't even... uh, Tremors 3. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't even know. All right, so Tremors 4. Tremors 4. They're back. They're back. (laughs) All right. What about any of the others? Tremors 5. They're flying now. They that, fly now. They're actually Tremors 3. This is actually yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. yeah continue. Uh, Tremors 6 uh, was the the snow one, right? Like Arctic. Oh, this is the closest guess you've come. Like. Come on, Ryan. Uh, Arctic. It's a saying. You know, like, open the gates of war, whatever the hell. Okay, I uh, fucked that up. But the point is, it's a saying. Come on. It'll Break be... the ice. No. Damn. Tremors 7. I, but I knew that was the ice one. That yeah, was a good, that that was was a good one. You know what? I will give you the point just so you have an even five <laughs> points. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, and seven. That was the uh, that was the one like with his kid uh, in it. I saw that one too. Ah, shit. Uh, um, I I think you're not gonna get it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tremors. Tremors. Six. We're on seven. Oh, seven. <laughs> Tremuloso. Tremuloso. Tremors 7, colon, Tremuloso. That's right. 
No, the answers are Tremors, 1990, Tremors 2, Aftershocks, 1996, Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, 2001, Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, 2004. Like I've never even heard these titles. Tremors 5, Bloodlines, 2015, Tremors, colon, A Cold Day in Hell, oh. 2018, Tremors, colon, Shrieker Island, 2020. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten Shrieker Island. Damn. All right. So next one, Ryan. Okay. How many films, including the remake, which came out in 2022, so you actually get an extra point because I just gave that one away. How many are in the Hellraiser franchise? Lord have mercy. All right. What do you think, man? Give me a number. I'm going to say, including the remake, 10. 10, including the remake. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. And All right, Damn. so there, there's 11, including God, the remake. God, I was so close. I, I know, I know. I knew there was about that many. Check, do you know any of these titles, Ryan? Of course not, but let's have fun. All right, go ahead. Hellraiser. Excellent. Hellraiser 2, uh, Raising Hell. All right, perfect. Hellraiser 3, uh, Come on. Loving Torture. All right. Hellraiser 4, Chatterbox is Sweet. I like it. Continue. Hellraiser 5, That Shit Looks Like It Hurts. All right. Hellraiser 6, That Shit Looks Painful. There are a lot of shits in titles. I don't think that would sell internationally, but continue. That's probably why I haven't heard of them. All right. Uh, Hellraiser 7, We're Raising Hell Again. Raising Hellraiser hell again. 8, Pinhead, What Would Happen If We Just Hammered Your Nails In? Would that, would, what would happen? All right, that's about where the analogy falls hell, apart. Hellraiser <laughs> 8, Here We Go Again, Let's Go Back to Hell. <laughs> Here we go. Hellraiser 8. Here we go, go again. again. Let's, Let's go, go back, back to hell. Hellraiser 9. Would you just stop fucking with the box? All right. <laughs> the puzzle box. Why? All right. Hellraiser 10. Hellraiser 10 was Hellraiser. No, Hellraiser 10 is not Hellraiser. Oh, Hellraiser 10 was. Of course it wasn't. It's Hellraiser X. Okay, but what is the remake called? The Fast and the Furious, sir. Okay, I really want to give you a point. <laughs> what is the remake called? Oh, it has to be uh, something that has to do with Vin Diesel and family. Excellent. So Ryan has six points. Actually, you should only have five. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second to last question, Ryan. Now, right. these two, oh, yeah. these two, yeah. you're supposed to know because you have children. Uh. All right. Are you ready? Ryan, how many films are in the Air Bud franchise? I mean, the best franchise that's ever been made. Air Bud, people. Uh, that's definitely going to be uh, a whopping uh, five films. Uh, that is actually 14. 14 movies All in right, that you franchise. Know, you know what, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I... Uh, like, I, I feel like if this was, like, that Chris Farley sketch where he's just like, <laughs> I don't speak Japanese! Like, what is going on here? Like, a, uh... All right, well, see. All right, so the Air Bud films actually take a very fun journey. 
But for the sake of the game, do you know the name of any of these sequels? Not a one, Joe. (laughs) 14's a lot, so you're not even going to guess the sequels. No, we're not doing that. But I'm just saying, like, you can't think of one sequel. Not one. All right. We're going to go through them. So this is a journey, guys. Oh, my God. So first we have Air (laughs) Bud, 1997. Then we have Air Bud, Golden Receiver. 1998, because now he plays football. In the first one, he played basketball. All right, all right, keep follow me up. Now we have Air Bud World Pup. See what they did there? And that's year 2000. And there, I believe he played soccer. Then we have Air Bud Seventh Inning Fetch. That's right. That was 2002. I believe that is a baseball one. Now we have Air Bud Spikes Back 2003. And that, of course, is volleyball. Now, this is where the franchise takes a hard left. The next one is called Air Buddies in 2006. And it turns out Air Bud, after being a sports star internationally, gets down and has a bunch of puppies. And now it's their franchise. And these Air Buddies are just adorable, which is why the next film is called Snow Buddies in 2008. Followed by Space Buddies in 2009, oh, Santa Buddies in 2009, okay. The Search for Santa Paws okay, no. in 2010, okay, we're still with Santa. Spooky Buddies okay. 2011, okay. Okay. Treasure Buddies in 2012, okay. right. Santa Paws 2, Santa Pups we're, we're, in 2012, we're back with Santa. finally Super Buddies in 2013. You just get on that superhero thing. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> All right, right. Final question in our game, which you have thoroughly lost horribly. Thank God. And that is the Land Before Time. Oh, God. How many sequels? <laughs> how many sequels? Damn you, Joe! Are in the Land Before Time. Oh. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, I think they stopped short of 86. Close. The answer, is that your final answer? Yeah, of course. All right, then the answer is 14. I was close. There are 14 Land Before Time sequels. Would you care to guess at any of those names? My God, it's so funny. I I, I can't think of one. None of your children have watched these. Just uh, just the first one, and it's and it's horrible. And that's the one that doesn't a, count. <laughs> the saddest one. That is an amazing one. That is Steven Spielberg had to do with that one. I remember there was one where the dude's singing about eggs, but I don't know what that one was called. That helps you in no way. All I right. Know, yeah. So, zero points. That means Ryan in this game of 107 points got six, and I gave him <laughs> one. Set me up. All right. Set me up, y'all. We're going to try again later down the line and see if he does better. In any case, The Land Before Time, 1988. The Land Before Time. <laughs> The Great Valley Adventure, 1994. The Land Before Time 3. Time of Great Giving, 1995. The Land Before Time 4. Journey Through the Mists, 1996. The Land Before Time 5. The Mysterious Island, 1997. Land Before Time 6. The Secret of Saurus Rock, 1998. Classic. Land Before... Yo, yeah, that one fucking blew my mind, man. The, new, <laughs> the nuances in that film. Holy shit. Land Before Time 7, The Stone of Cold Fire, 2000. Land Before Time 8, which is funny because in my notes it wrote A-T-E, which is hilarious to me. Excuse me. The Land Before Time 8, 
The Big Freeze, 2001, The Land Before Time, 9, Journey to Big Water, 2002, The Land Before Time, 10, The Great Long Neck Migration, 2003, The Land Before Time, 11, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses, that's when we jumped the shark, 2005, The Land Before Time, 12, The Great Day of the Flyers, 2007, that's The racist. Land Before Time, 13, The Wisdom of Friends, which is bullshit, my friends are idiots, 2007, uh -huh. The Land Before Time, 14, Journey of the Brave. 2016. And that concludes what I like to call the sequel game. I'll get it next week, guys. I'll get it next week. All right. Yep. yep. Next, next right. week. Yep. It's all right. We will find different sequels and maybe less questions, considering this may have been a little bit of a long one. But anyways, that is the first I had fun with it. I had I, fun with it. I, I tried my best. You know, you, you may have picked... Every franchise that I know nothing about, but that was still fun. I hope to prove that you know nothing about most franchises. Dude, you're, you're going to get me, it <laughs> sounds like. My God. Well, you know what? Next, I'll tell you what. One of the franchises will be Star Wars, but I'm still trying. I was going to say, like. I'm still going to try to stump you with it. Oh, well, of course, because I'm going to have to know every little thing. Ha-ha. <laughs> it's like, oh, you forgot all about an Ewoks Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, because we have the Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor, which are two Ewok films. And yeah. also, are we counting the animated films? I mean, A Clone Wars, before the series, a year before it came out in 2008, I believe, was released in theaters. Now, are we saying theatrical films? Are we saying... And don't forget about droids. The droids old cartoon. From the 70s, yeah. But is that a film? We have to see the timing, because I believe it has to be over 60 minutes to be officially called a feature film. I have to double check on that one. If you put all the episodes together, maybe. The point is, I will be very clear at my parameters when we have that question. But yes, that was the sequel game. All right. <laughs> and you know what that Yay. means? It is time for Spooky Stuff. Yay! We like Spooky Stuff. Yay! Spooky Stuff. Spooky Stuff. The Time Traveling Hipster, 1941. The picture apparently shows a man in modern clothing and wearing sunglasses in an era where most people were wearing uh, were wearing suits. Time traveler? There are a fair few stories and legends of time travelers throughout history. The most popular so far has proven to be this image from 1941 taken at the reopening of the South Fork Bridge in British Columbia. Woohoo! I love that bridge. Was the image manipulated? Why would it be? Was the fellow in the photo just a local fashion outcast? Above all, the biggest question is whether or not the image was evidence of 21st century time travel. <laughs> the image, dated November 1941, shows a crowd at the reopening of the South Fork Bridge near Goldbridge, British Columbia. In middle of the throng to the right is a curiously dressed hipster wearing what looks like a printed t-shirt, modern sunglasses, and, most interestingly, holding what looks to be a compact camera, which was, of course, almost non-existent around this date. It is a crazy photo, and if you Google it, if you Google the Time Traveler hipster uh, 1941, basically if you just put Time Traveler 1941 photo, you're going to find this image. Oh, I've seen this one before, too. Uh, hoaxbusters and experts on image manipulation immediately jumped into the conversation 
Although tampering with photos in 1941 was possible, it was extremely difficult, and given the original context of the photo, this idea was ruled out. The man may have just been a quirky guy at the Gold Bridge opening. The sunglasses he is wearing were available as early as the 1920s, although they were not particularly fashionable at the time. The printed t-shirt he seems to be wearing is likely a sweater with a stitched-on logo. The decal is similar to the symbol of the Montreal Maroons, a popular hockey team between 1924 and 1938. The man's camera, the most intriguing piece of the hipster's ensemble, may be a rare early Kodak 35, a portable travel camera that was available between 1938 and 1942, as noted by Curious Sleuths from Snopes.com. Or maybe this photograph captures an authentic time traveler enjoying events in British Columbia. Whatever the man's origins, internet hype pushed this random image from Canadian obscurity into a global conspiracy theory discussion. And I, it, he really does, like, you're, when you look at it, it, he doesn't belong. Like, everybody else has, no, like, mean, a bowler cap or... In a suit, everyone else looks... You this, know, guy, this guy looks like he has sunglasses. And oh, okay, I'm sorry, it doesn't look like an embroidered shirt to me. It looks like an iron-on shirt. He, it looks like an M. Yeah, so the M, they said the Maroons. I mean, the guy looks like it's Chad. Like, oh shit, like Chad fucking he never came home after that party. And, and then you find this picture and you're like, did Chad fall through a portal to time? Well, and, and look at it again. It looks like he's wearing a hoodie. Like, with the, with the material on the inside. Yeah, of course, that's the point. It's fucking Chad. I've been telling you. Chad? Yeah. Damn it, Chad. Chad. Where's... I mean, everybody has a Chad in their group where it's like one guy, you know, you're getting drunk when you're a kid and he's just, he's the one who steals a neighbor's bike and drives and ends up passed out and it's up with yard. No word where his glasses or his bike is at. Goes to take a whiz, ends up in the time travel machine. And now he's in a British Columbia photo. And now we're talking about it on Earthling Entertainment. Yes, uh, uh, full disclosure, uh, that may or may not have happened to a friend of ours. Yeah, well, the time travel and all. Yep, we, we, don't, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't talk about him. Yep. We, uh, we just we wish him the best. And uh, every now and again, we, uh, we, we hope to talk about him in these, in these lovely stories. But no, for real. He never came uh, back. But wasn't it, uh, I saw like an interview with um, the dude, the, the really, really, uh, I'm so bad, I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, the dude who was totally paralyzed but smarter than hell. Uh, but anyway, Stephen Hawking. Thank you, Stephen Hawking. Okay. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Fair enough. He was saying, in his opinion, that he doesn't believe that he thinks maybe traveling in the future is possible, but travel to the past he didn't believe was possible. And that dude's way smarter than me, so I'm gonna lean towards this was just a we just like it's like a, it's a it's a crazy photo like but I'm sure the guy we we're literally seeing a guy who just happens to have all the latest shit that no one else is really wearing. To be fair, a lot of other people in the photo look a lot older. No, you know what? No, no. I'm telling you, that guy's a time traveler. And honestly, you know, <laughs> uh, traveling forward through time, we do know is possible because it's relativity. You know yes. what I mean? Like gravity traveling the faster the speed of light. Time slows down for you. Yeah, I mean, that is all factual. So yes, who's to say that this guy didn't travel from the past? Hear me out. What if it's all a big loop? It's all a big loop. 
Futurama played with this idea. After everything dies, boom, big bang, and suddenly a dinosaurs, it all happens again. So this guy is a time traveler from the distant past. Only Atlantis was like New Jersey. We just don't know, man. We know nothing about that. There's no ruins. There's nothing. So way back when, because everything goes in a circle, that guy was just chilling and then time traveled into the future. But it seems like it's the past. Mind blown. All right, all right, all right, Marty. <laughs> you're not gonna go with that all right you're not gonna go with me on that one that's too bad yeah you blew my mind joe mind right. blow. I, honestly time travel stuff does blow my mind i'm not gonna lie well you know i i hope that we find out something cool in our lifetime like time travel like aliens like a confirmed bigfoot is real nessie is real i want it in my lifetime so bad because my dad was always into this cool stuff and he unfortunately passed away before anything cool was revealed to be true in my lifetime give me something i don't care what it is time travel for instance teleportation it's teleportation's like lasik surgery i wouldn't be the first one to do it it, I might take 20 or 30 years before I'm going to trust it, but I'd love to see it in my lifetime. I'm sure they're working on it somewhere. Oh, of course, man. Shipping, it would be amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, that, would, that, would, that would change a lot. Amazon, <laughs> think about it. Amazon, they would want it. They would, they uh, would be dude, the ones to be like, 100%. if we can instantaneously give them their products, then it'll murder all retail stores for good. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, it, it, we're going to see so many mistakes. We're going to see so many mistakes happen. Yeah, dude, limbs are everywhere. I was Limbs about to say, the thing, yeah, like, I hope it has a proper, like, door that has to be shut, because, yeah, we're going to see problems. Well, to me, like, time travel and teleportation has got to be a pretty similar technology, right? Like, to, it just feels, it feels like they're along the same sci-fi line, is all I'm saying. And there's going to be people trying to glitch it, like, in a video game. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. like, they're going to, like... Like, try to duplicate shit by, like, opening the door up real quick, like, just as it's going. Like, to try to reach in and grab it. I mean, if the fly taught us anything, nothing can go wrong with this situation. Nothing at all. <laughs> all right, so now our next topic on spooky stuff. This is definitely the macabre. Oh. All right, we're going to get a little dark-sided here, guys. This is, this is going to be, this is pretty dark. All right, you ready? I'm ready for it. The Hinterkaifeck Massacre. Now, this is Germany, people. 1922. Hinterkaifeck. <laughs> Couldn't tell. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it, it sounds German. In the depths of Bavaria, Germany, in 1922, a horrific massacre took place where six people, including women and children, were murdered with farming implement. Oh my god. There were several things that turned this tragic event into an unexplained mystery and a crime that was never solved. A suspect was never found, despite over 100 people being questioned. There were several rumors about the farmstead being haunted, and that attacks also happened shortly after the arrival of a new maid. Suspicious? Suspicious. Don't pay suspicious. On the afternoon of Friday the 31st, March 1922, the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, Arrived at the <laughs> arrived at the farm. Hold on, I want that name again. Maria Baumgartner. Baumgartner. Arrived arrived at the farm. <laughs> Maria's sister had escorted. I just I can't say German shit without putting some stank on it. Yep. I gotta do it. All right, fair enough. Maria's sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a short stay. She was most likely the last person to see the inhabitants alive. Ooh. It happened that in that late evening, Victoria Gabriel, 
her seven-year-old daughter, Kazelia, and her parents, Andreas and Kazelia, were lured to the family barn through the stable where they were murdered one at a time. Efficient. The perpetrator used a maddock. And I like that Joe provided me an image here of what a maddock is. A maddock is a hand tool used for digging, prying, and chopping, similar to the pickaxe. It looks, yeah, it, it looks, it like, looks a like a pickaxe. With, it's, with like it's, a it's, hoe at It's the like end. a hoe on one, yeah, exactly. A hoe on one side and a poke on the other. Yeah. Which I also assume that's the German name for the tool, and we might it might just be called a pickaxe here. I don't know. That sounds about right to me. All right, continue. All right, so the, the perpetrator used a maddock belonging to the family farm and killed the family with blows to the head. The perpetrator then moved into the living quarters where, with the same murder weapon, they killed Yosef, <laughs> sleeping in his, his bassinet. Okay, that's not funny. Yeah, yeah, oh, you, shit. You're gonna I tried making baby. it funny, and then I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a baby, a baby bro. Okay, so Yosef, sleeping in his bassinet, and Baumgartner in her bedchamber. Six months prior to the attack, the family maid had quit. It has been widely claimed that her reason for leaving was that she had heard strange sounds in the attic and believed the house to be haunted. Andreas Grubber found a strange newspaper from Munich on the property in March of 1922. He could not remember buying it and initially believed that the postman had lost the newspaper. This was not the case, however as no one in the vicinity subscribed to the paper. Just days before the murders, Grubber told neighbors he had discovered tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to a broken door lock in the farm's machine room. Later during the night, they heard footsteps in the attic, but Grubber found no one when he searched the building. Although he told several people about these alleged observations, he refused offers of help and the details went unreported to the police. According to a school friend... Because that's a great idea, by the way. Right. Right. According to a school friend of the seven-year-old Kazelia Gabriel, the young girl reported that her mother, Victoria... <laughs> that has got a K in there, so it's got to be some stank. Victoria had fled the farm the night before the act after a violent quarrel and only hours later had been found in the forest. Ooh. The plot thickens. The, the six victims were Andreas Grubber, 63, his wife, Kazelia Grubber, 72, her widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel, 35, Victoria's children, Kazelia, 7, and Yosef, and the maid, Maria Baumgartner, 44. They were all found struck dead with a maddock, or a, basically a pickaxe, also known as a grub axe. Yeah, okay, okay. That makes sense? Yeah, fair enough. The perpetrators lived with the six corpses of their victims for three days. As one does. The murders are considered one of the most gruesome and puzzling unsolved crimes in German history. Less than a year after the murders and the murder investigation, the farm was completely demolished. What farm? 
We'll see. <laughs> who who ordered the farm to be demolished? Because that sounds like we're getting rid of evidence, is all I'm saying. The farm at Hinterkaifeck was built around 1863. Oh, that, that didn't add any bit of So they heard footsteps in the attic. Right? Right. Uh, we got we got a newspaper that like who the hell's newspaper is this? Uh, so he dropped his newspaper. <laughs> yeah, whoever there's, this there's clearly a squatter in the attic, right? So whoever this yeah person was, woman or man, obviously. So that's I mean, so, man, like <laughs> yeah, you but, are just not observant. Like what are what are these dude, people doing that they think don't... about it? Like you're you're there's violent encounters. People are like, I hear someone in the attic. You're like, I found a strange newspaper. Like you you should tell the cops. Nope, I think we'll just take care of our own and just not worry about it. I don't know why my German guy is uh, southern. I I don't know why either, but let's go with it. Um, no, but seriously, like I I get that it's unsolved and it is still unsolved. Like the but. It seems like there was just someone in the attic. Now, who was this? Was it, maybe it was the old maid. The maid left because she said it was haunted. So that's her alibi, right? She's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This place is haunted. And then she's like, but really, I'm the ghost. Well, I'm, I'm leaning. I'm going to kill this family because I have my reasons. That's, that's a bad, that's a scary maid. I'm just saying some maids are scary. Right, but I'm leaning towards, she hurt, she knew something was going on. She knew someone was there. Well, she said, I mean, uh, on record, she said she thought it was haunted. Right. So, so did she really think it was haunted? So these people are just that stupid. So we, mean, have, to, so we have to go, okay, so so there's a clue. <laughs> these people are pretty dumb. Well, we uh, yes, it seems at face value that they may be a little dumb. Yes, That's right. that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like whose news, who's newspaper is this? Is ah, this yours, Hans? It must be the ghosts. Ghosts read, you know. Have you ever heard of a ghost you rider? Do a well, German this is a ghost reader. To save your life. I wasn't trying to do a German <laughs> accent. Vasta <laughs> das Scheiße. I don't. All right, for the record, I don't do accents because they're offensive. Actually, it's, talk. it's actually it's because I can't do them. I can't do it. Like this, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, like, like. Like whose newspaper is this? Hans, is this yours? Nah. <laughs> like, like, just like, yeah, like, oh, that's something. Earthling Entertainment headlines. Because I thought it was funny, we're starting with a very old headline before we jump in what we call contemporary news. Ryan, take it away. False teeth, the unexpected killer. Ooh. This comes to us from an article printed in 1912, unknown publication. All right. All right, here's the title. False Teeth, the Cause of Death. Peculiar accident at Thanksgiving dinner is fatal. Sheldon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sheldon, L.A., I guess. Uh, wherever that means. November 29th. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to start over. That is the name of a city, Ryan. That's oh. why it's L.A., Sheldon, L.A. I'm terrible, man. I, I haven't read any. Right. I'm like... so, so, go ahead. <laughs> Sheldon, L.A., November 29th. Adolf Sheed, 47 years old, of this city, swallowed a piece of his false teeth while eating Thanksgiving dinner yesterday at the home of Charles Swanson, 128 8th Street. And died of strangulation. Mr. Sheed was eating cranberry sauce and conversing with members of the Swanson family when suddenly he began to gasp. He left the table and went into the kitchen where he started vomiting. He collapsed and fell to the floor and died 
a few minutes later. Well done. Wait, did you use something special in this cranberry sauce? I, I, I'm not. It's, uh, it's a little, a little crunchy. It's a little crunchy. crunchy. I, well, what were the teeth made out of? Like, because uh, oh. you know George Washington's teeth are wood, and now I obviously they're not wood. So where do we? Where where were they in two, twenty? Uh, excuse me, nineteen twelve. Nineteen twelve. I mean, I'm sure that they were like. I'm sure they were pretty close, but obviously not close enough. Like, yeah, at the time they're like, yeah, I feel like. At that point, you can't be trusting dentures to be chewing anything, not even cranberry sauce. Well, I mean, you have to, right? Because th this is the time. Dentures, I don't know when they were invented, but you you take what you can get. If you don't have an arm, are you not going to get the hook? I mean, get, you get something. Yeah, and I mean, I mean he was at someone's house, so it's not like I could just be like, hey, let me take my teeth out real quick so I can eat with you great people. Um, also, did they glue them in? Were they screwed into the mouth? Were they made out of wood? I, what were they I believe they just popped in and out. But the thing is, like, he swallowed it and choked to death, right? So how big was it? Like, was it the whole tooth? Because it said a piece of his denture. Was it, like, the whole freaking jaw part of it? I, I guess you could probably choke on something as small as a tooth. If, if it just got, you know, lodged in just right. you know. Going I, down, I, don't, yeah, I, I don't know about your windpipe, but my <laughs> I've got a big windpipe. All the ladies say so. Facts. Facts. All the ladies say so. It's true. It's true. They do. All of them. Every <laughs> all the ladies. All of them. I've talked to a hundred ladies. He has the biggest. <laughs> but you know what? That was just kind of a fun little thing. I saw that this morning, that, that article, and it was just kind of like, okay, well, this seems weird. Let's do an article from 1912. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, glad I did. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad I've chosen this path in uh, life. And, and, you know, thank goodness that I'm sure dentures have come a long way. So Because you, you don't really hear about that so often anymore. My dad had dentures. He had this weird thing called something, something imperfica. And it was like, it makes our teeth like literally holy and brittle. I don't have it, but it runs in the family. And luckily, since I don't have it, my kid won't have it. But no. basi uh, basically, it's like, oh, your teeth get ground away like nothing. Like they're pieces of chalk. Oh, man. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Those are sort of important. Yeah. they're. Oh, man. I'm glad I don't have that. <laughs> All right. So next headline. Number two. Ryan, take it away. The Venom Spider. New genus named after Tom Hardy's Marvel anti-hero. This comes to us from IGN.com. First, we have the Harrison Fordy as a snake. Now, we have Tom Hardy as a spider. Continue. A newly identified species of Australian spider has been named Venomius Tomhardii. After Tom Hardy's on-screen alien symbiote partner, Venom, from Sony's Spider-Man universe. Sure. Sony's. Sure. And the Marvel comics, yeah. Sony's. Sony. The authors of a new study published in the journal Evolutionary Systematics explained that conspicuous black markings on the spider's thorax reminded them of the patterns visible on Venom's head after it merges with Marvel's character Eddie Brock, who is played by Tom Hardy in the movies. This realization led the scientists to name the newly identified spider genus Venomius and to give the only known species within that genus the name of V. Tom Hardyi, after the big man himself. Now, both Tom Hardy and the anti-hero Venom share the honor of having an entire species, or in the case of the symbiote, a genus named after them. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. No, that I thing mean, is gnarly looking. 
Oh, of course. It's a freaking Spider-Man. I mean, a spider being named after you would be kind of sweet. And that's the closest we're going to get to anything ever being <coughs> named after us because there's still bugs that we can discover, right? Like, I doubt they're going to discover a new whale or new seal or new penguin. But you know what? There's probably going to be a new butterfly. There's probably going to be a new beetle. Bugs, man. There's a lot of them. I was so there's say, still we hope. discover a ton. There's still hope for the Ryan Lang beetle there is, is all I'm saying. There is. I, I hope it's a. I hope it's a form of dung beetle. Ooh, yeah. It'd be like, dude, it would be life imitating art imitating life because I've seen you shovel shit with my back legs. You know, <laughs> with going, your back going, legs. Yeah, going backwards like in a, in a strange crawl. Ryan is very talented. He was in the circus once. That's how I find my mates. It's called I, the poo circus. I got the best balls of poo. Oh my god, dude! If you find a girl who's willing to hang out with you after you roll a giant ball of shit, I mean, you found a woman. You know, I, I would do anything like, like, for you. You love. have nowhere to go with that. I got nowhere to go, Joe. All right. But I won't do, do that. that. Woo! <laughs> All right. Our final headline of the day is... All right. The Crow reboot lands at Lionsgate. I like Lionsgate. I do too. Now, before we continue with this article, there's a couple things I want to say. The Crow reboot has been, they've been trying to make it for years, like literally years. They went through directors, they went through studios. At one point, Jason Momoa was going to play the Crow. Wow. There's there's been so much trying to get this movie made. So that is why this is a headline, is because it's been 20, 30, I mean, maybe since the last one came out, idea of this Crow reboot. So the fact that it was filmed and now it has a distributor, this is why this is a headline. But continue. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, I read through this earlier. It sounds like they're they're, it sounds like they're going the right way with it because they've got one hell of a scary fan base. Let's face it, a lot a lot of people aren't going to even accept it no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you got those goth kids who are like, "It's not the crow." Conform- I haven't seen it. I've seen it. Conformist. Liking right. a new movie is just too. <laughs> it's it's too regular. Fuck the conformists. <laughs> All right. The Crow is flying over to Lionsgate, which will handle domestic distribution for the long-awaited reboot. Yay! Rupert Sanders directed the feature with Bill Skarsgård, starring as the character, which originally debuted in the late 1980s comics by James O'Barr. That's right. Pennywise is going to be your crow. And that's why I think that a lot of people are going to accept that because a lot of like I, I didn't find the it movies to be that great, but I loved what he tried to do with the character. But but that's a different story. I did find the it movies to be that great, and he did wonderful with the character. So well, I he agree. did wonderful with the yeah, character, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, you don't have to discuss. Yeah, yeah, it right yeah. We'll now. talk Continue. about that another time. <laughs> all right, all right. They centered on a man and his fiance who are killed by a gang after the couple's car breaks down. But the man exacts vengeance after being resurrected as the crow. The late Brandon Lee famously played the character in the 1994 film and was killed during an onset accident. That was the original. The original film. Was that, that, much? that was a bit much. We've never had a reason to press the gun button. Oh, Rick Eric Bardrin. <laughs> Eric Bardrin's on the set. Everybody, I'm just kidding. Uh, the original film left an indelible mark on our culture that lives on, said the producers. We are thrilled to bring a new adaptation for today's audiences that respects this legacy. Rupert has masterfully brought new dimensions to create a contemporary universe for this timeless saga of undying love 
and we can't wait to share this vision with film audiences, said Charlotte Coe, Lionsgate Executive VP Acquisitions and Co-Productions. We appreciate what the Crow character and original movie mean to legions of fans. And legions. 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 We are legions. I love that movie. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> and <laughs> legions of fans. And believe this new film will offer audiences an authentic and visceral representation of its emotional power and mythology. I like the word visceral. If we couldn't tell from our game earlier, I've only seen the first crow. Really? Because <laughs> I want to bring up the crow wicked prayer again. David yes. Boreanaz and Tara Reid as devil worships it. And there's, there's, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And actually the crow three isn't bad either. Now the crow two city of angels is awful. It is awful. Iggy pop plays a great character in it. And stylistically, like it is, it, I like the way it looks for lack of a better word, whether it was the director of photography or the director himself with, I think it looked beautiful. Yeah. Crappy movie. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I can't even comment on that one. But as far as this one sounds, you got two things going for it already that I, three things, you know, you're doing a reboot. I wouldn't mind a crow reboot, honestly, at this point. I mean, the last one came out, I believe it was 1990. I mean, I gotta see my game notes. Right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind a reboot right about now, I guess, of this franchise because we all love it. And 94. There you go. And we've got. Bill oh, Skarsgård. Dude, that, that means if it comes out next year, that's 30 years. Interesting. Interesting. I'm sorry to cut you off. Though. No, Bill no, Skarsgård. not at all. They, and, and you got Lionsgate, and I, I love what Lionsgate does. with their. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of, of what they do. Yeah, they usually pick good films to distribute if they're not the ones that straight up make it. Right. So, honestly, I'm for it. This sounds good, man. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Yeah, like, I was... I couldn't help but bring up a little bit off air. It's like, you know, we, this was, to me, next to what kind of just happened with Alec Baldwin on the set of Rust. This, this, this remind you know, we, I believe I remember seeing a lot of articles of people talking about Brandon Lee. But like you told me, it was this, the, the case here is different because in this case, it was loaded with the blank for Brandon Lee. But it was just a freak accident that it happened to. Yeah. So uh, what happened if the crow and Brendan Lee was a freak accident? It was uh, a, a miss. The, the story I heard was it was a misfire of the blank. But no matter what you hear, all of it is this is just a, a something tragic that happened. Whereas the Alec Baldwin. case... Everything was done right in that case. Yes. Where the Alec Baldwin case, there was an actual bullet in the gun. Right. And the simple fact is no matter who you blame in that situation, there should have never been a live round on set. And right. how did that happen? Exactly. And that's what makes that immensely bad. Yeah. If you actually want to have a large discussion about rust, we could do it at a different time, but there's a, there's Honestly, a lot of things going on in that case. I was going to say it's still going. It's it's not actually still going. People have been charged and all that other stuff. I, I believe the armorer is either still being charged or was convicted. I know Alec Baldwin is not in trouble. To, to be clear, the armorer is the person on a set whose job it is to handle weapons. So they're the ones that are supposed to check if there's a bullet in there. Uh, they're supposed to handle it and hand it directly to the performer. There is There's a lot of checks and balances that happen in order to make sure that this doesn't happen. And what happened, if you don't know, is there was a live round in a bullet. Alec Baldwin was pointing it at the camera because that is what the scene told him to do. Yep. He's supposed to pull the trigger. It was supposed to be a blank. It was not. The bullet shot through uh, the 
woman who filmed the, mm -hmm. the DP, and she was unfortunately killed. Uh, I'm not prepared right now to give all the details, so I don't want to misspeak, but um, the film is being finished, and uh, the husband, the widower, is behind it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, him and Alec Baldwin have actually, like, been public together and everything which is you know that's that speaks amazing things to that dude's character well yeah i mean we don't know what happens behind closed doors we don't know what money was exchanged oh, what actually oh, you happened know, oh, we you don't know even know so much money. yeah well we don't even know the whole story we know no. the police reports and yeah but in any case anytime someone dies on a film set it is tragic it and that's the only reason I tragic. and that's the only reason i brought up rust with this is i felt like uh the crow it hits our generation in a special way because of, you know, we know that, that that's what happened, you know, that's how he died, and it was on the set, and yeah, it was a freak accident, no one did anything wrong as far as, yeah, everything was done correctly, it was just the blank misfired or whatever happened, and uh, I don't know, I don't know why, I just, I brought it up because, like I said, it's just with the rust, that seems to me the, the most thing that I can compare it to. Yeah, 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 right on. So, uh, perfect, on that note, we are going to do our Ahsoka review. And I actually watched it this time. Woo! So this is, uh, so to be real real with you guys, this is going to be less of a review and more of just a discussion about the two episodes. Um, because I want to be clear about that. We are actually are not reviewing it. We're not saying, this is what's good, this is what's bad. I give it a four out of five. We're no, not, yeah, we don't do that. We're not doing that. When we're talking about Ahsoka, we're going to talk about the things we liked, the things yeah. we didn't like. But it's going to be more of a general, because I was told by someone that... We should make a distinction between discussions and reviews. So that's what we're doing here. And, I like that. Yeah, right? So this is a discussion on episode four and five, which may lead us to other bits of canon outside of those episodes. But here we go. Ryan, would you like to begin? Uh, I, sure. I got to watch it a lot last night. Um, I was I love this episode. It was great. It was really good. Uh, so we start off. Uh, Hera gets there. Looking around. Forever. To be clear, we're talking about episode five now. Yeah, episode five. So we start off. Herrick Her gets off the ship. She's, you know, she's got her blaster out. She's, she's, you know, looking around. No one's there. You know, she realizes, and she's so she she has brought the whole fleet with them, unauthorized, of course. Yes, and they're looking for Sabine, and they're looking for Ahsoka because what happened in the last episode is Ahsoka uh, was thrown into the water by the Sith. Uh, Sabine went with the Sith. They traveled to another galaxy, cut the map, which was an orb, in half. So now, in that spot is where Hera lands with the fleet. Yep, so they, they show up unauthorized, so she's already getting herself in, in trouble doing this. But uh, we all know, like, you know, it, which cracks me up because this is us seeing, like, the Republic kind of turning back on itself. It's forgetting where it started as a rebellion. Yeah, well, the Republic ultimately fails. I mean, they all get blown up in The Force Awakens. We know that. Yeah. So, you know, showing the uh, the, the instability and the lack of unity within the Republic yep. is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yep. But if I could jump in there for a second. Go ahead. So at the end of episode four, when uh, Soka gets thrown in off the cliff into the ocean, she ends up in the world between worlds. Ooh. Yes. Now, we haven't seen the world between worlds except in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Now, the world between worlds Was it is, Clone Wars too? I thought? It may have been in Clone Wars, but I think it was just Rebels. But in any case, the world between worlds has never been seen in live action. No. And uh, Dave Filoni explains that it's... It, it is connected, it's outside the universe, so everything that ever happened is echoing within this place. And 
you can kind of see things from different points of time, but it's not so much about time travel. It's more about just a place outside of time. And I think he wanted that to be clear because there's been speculation that time travel is going to be used. And short of visions, I... I was going to say, I think it's more just a vision. He's trying to show you... He's trying to be clear about that. And I think I saw an interview with him where he said it was it was his answer to being able to connect everything in Star Wars. In, in this world between worlds, everything all at once is happening all at once in all time, like all times at once. Like it, exactly. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about the world between worlds is I like to think of like, this is where the force ghosts are when they're speaking to you. So if you get, if you get visited by a force ghost, this is where the force ghost actually is. Now that is my personal opinion that has not been canonized, but in this episode, it, episode four, it's revealed that Anakin Skywalker is there. Ahsoka's like, holy crap, it's Anakin. And Anakin's like, sup. And that's the end oh, of Snips. Yeah. And we get to hear him oh, say Snips. Snips. And which is his little pet name for her and from the Clone Wars. Which I never understood. Because uh, she was being snippy. Oh. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the end of episode four. So episode five, I was hoping they weren't going to tease us. And they didn't. We got oh a lot God. of world between worlds. So Anakin's like, I'm here to finish your training. Because Anakin Skywalker, of course, was the uh, master to Ahsoka while she was under the tutelage of the Jedi in the Clone Wars. And, and may I, right before this, we get to see Hu Yang have a sentimental moment holding, holding, it was right before this part. Sure, but what does that have to do with anything? That it was part of the episode. Oh, okay. Well, what, well I thought it was well, really well no. done. I like the actor. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be a douche. I just, I was on a roll and then you were like, at this thing. And it's but anyways, kind of, continue, continue. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I want to I touch on this for a second. Okay. I was sitting there and I'm just like, man, the grass is great and it's got this great green and it's there's no crabgrass and I got all the weeds sticking out and you're like, I like cement. Well, that to be fair, I was just going chronological. And the Wu Yang scene was right before the scene you were saying. Fine, Ryan, you take it away. All right, tell so, me more about. So we this. see an emotional scene with Hu Yang where he's holding the helmet and he's just like, "I told them to stay together." I love that actor. That actor is so good, David Tennant. Dude, he's the man. And uh, so yeah, we get that, and that's when we realize because then that's when. We've all that. Then it goes to what what Joe was talking about. He's like, "I'm here to finish your training." We go back to the world between worlds, and we see Anakin as like, you know, as he was before he was all Darth Vader, right? But not too young, still older. But you know, like I think they probably de-aged him, but he looks pretty good. I thought it looked great, honestly. I don't I don't have any complaints about the de-aging that they do. Uh, you know, yeah. So Anakin takes Ahsoka on this adventure, uh, of, and we got a scene in the Clone War. So it's back when she was a kid, because when Ahsoka started training, she was like 14 when she became a uh, Jedi apprentice, a Padawan. So we have a different actress player, and I thought it was great because they did a good job of making it feel like this was the girl from the Clone Wars, which is how we were introduced to Ahsoka. The only thing is uh, the scene, the scene, it, it was... Okay, so it's a fantasy. It's a world between worlds. It's it's like seeing the future. So they did this thing, which was very artistic, where it was just kind of like cloudy and smoky around them, and you didn't get to see a lot of detail. And I'm sure it was either to save money, or it's because they did oh, yeah, it on yeah. that new stage. But I just, I think it would have been cool to see a full-on Clone War battle without being obscured by the smoke. But this flashback was still served the point of her having this moment with Anakin, which we never really got until the Rebels Season 2 finale. And if I got a chance to, I always bring up my favorite video game, Knights of the Old Republic 1 yeah, and yeah. 2. Uh, 
if I ever had a chance right now to ask Dave Filoni a question, I would ask, was this vision? Because it's obviously a lesson, right? Because she's like, this is the Clone Wars. Why are we here? He's like, you tell me. Exactly. We're seeing basically like the Luke Skywalker vision that he had on Dagobah. We're seeing Rey's vision that she had. This is this is Ahsoka's Classic version. Star Wars. I would ask Dave, because this is very, very similar to the visions that you see on Korriban in Knights of the Republic 2, where you have this huge vision where you have to go into your past because you were the leader of a war party that you sent to their death. And you have to make the decision, am I going to do it again or not? And it's really, really heavy. Wow. That's, I see, I never actually played that game, but I just, I love the storytelling in Star Wars. And I get that, right? Because it's, they're, they're calling to you. They're like, they're telling you, like, there is a lesson to be learned from even the darkest times in life. And if we could all know that, then, oh, shit. And I got, I really wanted to ask you, Joe, what do you think really was the full lesson? I'm not sure. Uh, well, let's I'm continue. Not sure. We'll get it to the end. No, no, hear me out. I'm not sure that we could uh, reveal re- reveal that yet. I think that'll be in a later episode because, like, what did we see? We saw Ahsoka in the war. Then we saw her... having to accept casualties. Exactly. Afterwards, she's there's people dying, and she's like, "Every decision we make leads to death." And he's like, "Yeah, it's war, but you and, have to fight." Yeah, and then she's you know like, "Oh man, like, is my legacy going to be fighting?" And then you get. Uh, Anakin, which was really, I liked it. He's like, you got to adapt with the times. You know, when I was being raised, it was all about keepers of the peace, but now it's wartime and I have to train you to be a soldier. And she's like, what am I going to train my Padawan? Which is like, how is she going to train Sabine? And the whole point that Anakin was saying is Anakin said like, basically change with the times. And I think that is the lesson is that she had to be a soldier during the clone wars. Now this is a new time and she has to be whatever today's time needs. And she has to train Sabine in the way that makes sense. She's adjusting to the time. There's no more Jedi order. There's no more this. And she's trying to prevent a war. They're not rebels trying to fight a war. They're not on the side in a clone war of the quote unquote good guys. They are trying to prevent the empire from reforming. So that, I think, is the lesson. I think the lesson is be be a roll with the punches, for lack of a better word. That sounds about right. And uh, the young actress did such a great job. And, oh, uh, so good. But we, we are to know that this is still, you know, older Rosario Dawson in, you know, like, so she's reliving a memory. It's not like we're watching. Yeah, we're not watching a memory. She's she, living it as her younger self. As an, but she's still in her brain. Yeah. Old. You know, she's old. But I thought it was so kind of adorable how Anakin was still able to kind of get like a rouse out of her by being like teaching's not all it's cracked up to be and we kind of got to see a, that young Ahsoka come out like what does that mean like yeah and, and no that is perfect Clone Wars because that's how she was it, the dynamic of them it was beautiful because we've never seen that in live action it was really good and man but the first vision we got of the little girl like the the younger actress as Ahsoka in the smoke, like when it comes out, tripped me out at first. I literally thought it was CGI or something. I'm like, it, it I'm like, oh, so they CGI'd in young, like, like a young. You Asuka. thought they de-aged Rosario Dawson or something? You know what I mean? Or, or just I mean, it was good casting. I feel like the makeup helps, but it was good casting. God, she looked perfect. Like she literally looked exactly like her, and her movements were great. Like the choreography for the 
And I love all the lightsaber action we're getting in this series. And you know what? We're getting lightsaber action with people who, no offense to the Mandalorian, but people who know how and are supposed to have lightsabers. Mm -hmm. Sith and Jedi are supposed to have lightsabers. I love Mandalorian, but just because you got a Darksaber, I was never a fan of the Darksaber, personally. But I'm glad it's broken. I'm just saying. I kind of, I I was kind of sad when it broke, but I get what you're saying. But they added so much more to that. But anyway, uh... Dude, so, so, okay, so then they're done with this clone war vision. Now she's a little older. She's got her two lightsabers now, because in the first one, she only had her green lightsaber, like, from the beginning. And in this one now, she's dual wielding in this next one. And And this is at the Siege of Mandalore. Yes. This is after... So uh, cool. After Anakin and her essentially broke up their master-apprentice partnership. And we got to hear the camp only... I was bummed we couldn't see him. But we got to hear his voice. I forget the actor's name, but the original, you know, Boba Fett. We got okay, to hear yeah. him as Rex. We did. He was. He, that was him. Yeah. So that I, I, I couldn't. I mean, help. he's also Boba Fett. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to have Fett. a. He's I, all the Fets. I was really bummed that we didn't get to see his face, but I'll take it. At least we got him. Well, from a production standpoint, it is so much cheaper to just pay for him in the sound booth. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's what I figured too, and I get it, I get it, because you know what I mean. Like, I well, don't want some. He's to in so many sound booths because of all the cartoons and stuff. Because he did, he did voice it in other things. Now he, I know he wasn't the main guy who played Rex in the animated stuff. No, but he did voice uh, the character before. So it well, might... I mean, yeah, he literally plays a million characters. <laughs> like... He does. How awesome is that, right? But okay, so now yeah, we see that, and then then. Then we see Anakin join her in this battle. Well, obviously, she's not fighting. She's witnessing her troopers fight. So, so Anakin yeah, comes in this up, fantasy. And he's, and he's just like, I don't even know what this is. He's like, I wasn't here at this time. And she admitted, like, this is after we separated. This is the Siege of Mandalore. And we got to see some really cool helmets. Dude, that dude with the, the horny helmet. Yeah, Ryan's all so... about Mandalorian helmets. He collects the, ba- uh, the Black Series. Oh, I love that shit. And, uh... So uh, we got to see some great costuming. I my own, I get it. They had to do it just to be quick, but man, she was killing dudes wearing Beskar without even with. with it, it, she made it look easy. To be <laughs> fair, it is easy for Ahsoka. When it's a Mandalorian show, it's going to be difficult. When it's a right. Jedi show, it's going to be easy. Yep. Don't worry about it, man. Yep. Yep. Contradictory things happen all the time. <laughs> so all true. Right. So I want to talk about the Pergil. So the Pergil are giant space whales who could travel in between universes. They were teased up into the series until they were finally revealed in this latest episode. Now, to be clear, they were uh, the ending, essentially, uh, spoilers, of Star Wars Rebels is the Pergil grabbed the spaceship with Thrawn and Ezra in it and took them to another galaxy, which is the whole motivation for a lot of our characters in this Ahsoka series. Far, far away. Far, far away. So after the map is destroyed, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, no one can meet, no one can follow them. So the bad guys are in this new universe where Thrawn is and Ezra is, and Ahsoka is left without any way to get there until she talks to the Pergil. We bring back the space whales and, uh, oh, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, she flies into the mouth after they talk to her, and then they ride inside the Pergil to another galaxy, just as the Republic fleet have arrived to arrest Hera for taking the fleet against their wishes. Because once again, the New Republic fleet are kind of stupid, which is why they all die in Episode Nine. So, if, if I may, so at the so at the end of the vision, you know, now we now we're we're done with Siege Mandalore. 
And basically, you know, Anakin starts spouting wisdom at her again, you know, saying that she's learned nothing. And he goes back to his first question. Do you, you know, do you want to live or do you want to die? And she's like, I won't fight. And he's like, incorrect. Ignites the red lightsaber. Suddenly he's getting Vader-y. And we see, it. oh, and then there was that one cool thing where he walks away from her. And we see just as like an explosion happens, he... We see him in the Vader cloak with yeah, the red. Yeah, so for his... a split second when yeah. the lightning flashes, it's flashed and he's in Vader outfit. And then when the lightning flashes Chills. again, he is back Chills. to being Anakin. So he ignites the red lightsaber and they, they duel. And he, uh, he obviously, and then he does the Obi-Wan move where he bends her arm over her, over her back. It, it, that was so cool. And gives her a, like a force kick. And she flies back. Bam, she's back into the world between worlds as an adult Ahsoka. And here comes Anakin, cockier than ever, doing this, like, shouldery, like, walk. And I'm he, gonna kick your dude. ass. And, and then, once again, he flashes as Vader, and he's just like, "What is, uh, you lack, uh, oh, man, I forget what he conviction. said. Conviction, doesn't matter. Conviction, that was, you lack conviction. And, he, and he's a little Vader-y in the voice. So now they're fighting, right? Up to the surface, because everybody's now looking for Ahsoka. They're trying to find her. Chopper can't find her. All of a sudden, uh, I forget the kid's name. I'm terrible. Kanan's son. Jason. Jason. Which, by the way, just to interject real quick, Jason was totally in the uh, ending, uh, the epilogue of Rebels. That's so we, right. We should have absolutely known that Jason existed. because they, They're straight up like, oh, and Kanan had a son, Jason. Whoopsie dangles. Right, Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so he's up there and he's like, there's something in the waves, Mom. And she's like, what do you mean? I can hear it. Yeah, and he's like, just listen. I hear the lightsabers. The lightsabers. So he can hear. So And and, and when they find Ahsoka from basically from him kind of pinpointing where it's at, then Chopper helps him out. We have a cute little back and I don't forth. think we pinpoint shit because he says, I hear it in the ocean. And then Hera's like, all right, fly around. And they fly around for hours until they find And her. then Chopper finds the the coordinates. Sure. And, and he's like, but you got to fly low. And then And then he's like, She's like, how low? And then you hear, you know, the cute little interaction. Jason, like, she wants to know how low. <laughs> like, like, and, like, I love Chopper. Real low. And, and probably, like, like real effing low. Like, because we know that Chopper basically curses. Like, oh, I, Chopper yeah. curses all the time. Well, just like R2. You know, R2, yeah, R2 was totally cursing half the time. But, uh, so anyways, so that's how we supposedly find her was because Caden's son, Jason, is able to hear lightsaber battles in the world between worlds was just bizarre we're just gonna say he's probably a jedi he's definitely force sensitive and we get that look from ahsoka when she's reunited with him and basically has him to thank which is what everybody says they're like oh without him you know we have him to thank and she gets the realization like holy crap you could hear that like oh so okay so like you said we're now in the mouth of the whale we got harris saying may the force be with you Beautiful she, ending. She takes off, and it was real effing cool. <laughs> it was. So, yeah. um, we uh, Honestly, because of this episode, uh, it is now my favorite live-action Star Wars show. It really is, because they, they touched on so much Star Wars lore. I got to see live-action... Uh, what is it? Excuse me. Live action troopers from the Clone Wars, which I haven't seen since the, you know, Attack of the Clones. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was really cool. Avenge of the Sith. I got to see so much. Oh, I loved it. So, you know, I just, and honestly, the best one of the best lightsaber duels we've seen in a long time. Anytime we can, like, I, I think Hayden Christensen's doing it. 
freaking great job. He, he's just like, all right, guys, I'm owning it now. Like, you know, we all had our opinions back in the day about me being Darth Vader, but you know what? Now, screw you, owning it. Well, it's a different time, and everybody now appreciates people who actually appreciate the lore, the, the you know, what Star Wars is and what we all love. Well, truth is, it's because the kids grew up. The kids who loved that, because, like, when it came out when the, you know, the episode one, two, and three, when you're, like, eight, ten, twelve years old, well, now they're adults, and they're like, yeah! Hey, I love Jar Jar. I don't know. It gives no fucks. I, I love no, Jar Jar. I had no problem Jar Jar. But, all right, guys, that'll be it uh, for this episode of Earthling Entertainment. Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan.